The boys here at Hatcher Hockey want to know something. Is poop a pain in your grass? Well, if the answer is yes, then you're going to want to talk with our latest sponsor, Mr. Pooper Scooper. Jeremy and Jeff have amazing services to offer you and your furry friends. They have top-notch customer service and will go the extra mile to ensure your lawn is looking great. All the products they use are safe for you and your pets. Let's be honest, no one likes to pick up after their pets, so call in the professionals at Mr. Pooper Scooper, and I guarantee you won't regret it. They can be reached at 519-819-1261 or email mrpooperscooper at yahoo.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. And what is going on, everybody? It is episode number 63 of Hatrick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hatrick Hockey. Also, if you like my my hat here, my shirt, you can just go on to our little link there, click the link, it'll bring you right into our store for all your sweet HTH merch. This, sorry, Lee fans, it's episode number 63. It's the Brad Marchand edition of Hattrick Hockey. He's played 13 seasons, all with Boston. He's played 804 games, 319 goals, 396 assists, 715 points. He is a plus 247 in his career he's a two-time world junior gold medalist one-time world championship gold medalist one-time world cup gold medal uh he's a one-time quebec major junior champion he's also a stanley cup champion and he's the biggest shit disturber going in the league today and still playing <laughs> that being said i'll bring in rob my boy my line mate rob what's up brother how was your weekend Oh, I can't stand that Marshawn. <laughs> That's why I figured I'm like get back to him six. for a minute. What a tool! <laughs> I was I like, love episode... him when he plays for Canada, <laughs> I was like, episode sixty three. I got to do it, the Brad Marshawn edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's up, man? How'd it go? Oh, awesome, awesome. We uh, we went out to that fundraiser for mental awareness there. Yep. yep. And um, Wally and his girlfriend th- threw together and. Lex, uh, yeah. It, it, it was just great. It More was on Lex, by the so way. So much fun. Yeah. Um, she posted, I, I think, 290 pictures. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, I've seen that. It, it was great. Me and Misty made the cut. I, I made a few pictures. Like, so I didn't get drunk. I, I took it easy. Real quick, just I don't really want to interrupt you, but is Misty in a boot right now? Yep. What happened? Okay. I was going to get into that. Okay. Sorry. What happened? Cause Steph showed me a photo and I was like, what the fuck happened? And then Steph never really said anything to me. So I was like, I'll ask Rob on the pod tomorrow. So Rob, what happened to Misty? So we played our first game and Misty was pitching and everybody knows that we come as a package deal, but yeah. I'm more of the side show. She's more <laughs> of the player. So, uh, um, she, we got done. Uh, the first game and she was complaining about like a pull in the back of her knee, like, you know, right between your two tendons there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we go to the next game and I'm, we're, we're talking about it. We rub some uh, biofreeze and shit on it mm-hmm. and, you know, like mm-hmm. thought it was okay. Well, she, she goes to throw whatever uh, pitch and uh, a girl hits a dribbler back to her. She goes to take a step boom, down on the ground. She's, she's, having a real hard time and she's kind of looking around like you know so everybody goes over there they're, they're all checking around and everything seems to be fine and then uh scoop 
Kyle Conley, he yeah. kind of waves over. So I go, I go out there and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'll be, I'll be all right. You know, like, I'm just going to walk this off. Yeah. Misty being Misty. Oh yeah. She's yeah. just, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I can play through it. She's yeah, like, she's just, tough. She's tough. Oh yeah. So she's like, yeah, you know, I'll just I'll wrap it and whatever. Well, it turns out she went yesterday i think it was uh mm -hmm. to to go get it looked at because i said you got to go get it looked at because yeah. her ankle swole up like twice the size of the other one yeah and i and i'm looking at it but it's it's from the ankle bone to the back of the heel Ooh. and i'm like it's your achilles yeah and i will guarantee you it's your achilles yeah so, oh fuck just that just makes me ache just thinking about it oh yeah and uh so she, she was walking on it and I'm like, you got to fucking stop walking on it. Like you're just going to hurt it more. She's mm -hmm. like, I can play. I, I'll play the last game. And I'm like, no, you're not. You know, yeah. she would never have let me do it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? She's like, no. So we had some drinks and had some fun and, you know, talked to people and just, just had a great time out there, mm -hmm. even though we didn't get to play. And we lost, we lost out on going to the championship on, because there was a tie. Oh. So two teams had tied, and they were the ones that uh, end up uh, oh, playing each other okay. again. I think it was, but uh, yeah, we had Rev and Dev and and Jeeps and Scoop and Stevie Charette and yeah, a couple guys. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. And me and Joe, me and Joe kind of sat the bench the whole time. I I got mm -hmm. uh, I played first for one inning, and I got. And that bat, and I just said, play your best. Like, yeah. if you, if we want to go to the ship, we'll yeah. go to the ship. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, we just lost out on, uh, but yeah, uh, Misty's okay. She got the boot like all the way to the knee. Like, it's, it's crazy. And she's devastated, right? Because she can't do anything. Yeah. She can't. You know how she is. She's cutting the grass yeah. and she's yeah. doing, well, she's just doing shit. Yeah. You know? So, well, yeah, she's totally bummed right out. That sucks, so. though, man. But you gotta, that's one freaking thing that you can't mess with, though. Like those yeah. fucking Achilles injuries. Woo. And they take a long time to heal, too. That's what sucks about them. Yeah. And I think she goes uh, Thursday for an ultrasound on it. So, so that, so then she'll find out if she has any rips, tears, anything like right. that, right? I'll guarantee you it's, it's, it's if torn, it's, but not broken. You know yeah I mean? oh if it was you'd she'd know she didn't snap it because yeah. she wouldn't be able to walk like yeah and she'd be screaming know. still oh she was in so oh, much pain Fuck. So, rest yeah, up mess rest up she's a champ she's yeah. a champ for sure jesus so sunday you guys probably just hung out yeah didn't do nothing uh just mm. kind of uh just took care of her and and yeah so now that, now the kids now the kids are taking care of her yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's what they got to do. Mom, mom's done it for so long now. Now, Grace and Jack, it's your turn, right? Yeah, man. My weekend was nuts. It was just super busy. Uh, we had a wedding on Saturday. My cousin, uh, Brittany, and her new husband, Shep, there out in Harrow, Dylan. Uh, so big shout out to them. Congrats. We had a good time there. And then uh, they got married. I think it was like a new a new like winery out on County Road 50. So they got married out there, and then the reception was the Portuguese Hall in, okay. in Harrow. So it was nice. It was good. It was a good time seeing some guys that I hadn't seen in a while that I played Sunday night hockey with and stuff. They were half of his, like, half of the guys who were up with him were guys that I played hockey with. So it was kind of nice to see some of those guys. 
And then Sunday rolls around. So reason why I said earlier, I said more on Lex is because Lex ended up, I was going to, I wasn't feeling the best when I got up Sunday morning, I wasn't planning on going to baseball. So must've ate something bad, you know? So then I, uh, so I get a call or a text or whatever from, I don't know if it was like Wally or Nate or somebody like we need you. So I'm like, great. So I show up to the park. I'm the ninth guy. And then Lex had to play. So Lex had to catch. <laughs> and, then oh, yeah. us, and then us guys feel that she got two hits. Where the hell were all the rest of the guys? So we got guys out of town working hurt. Oh, it was provincial like, weekend too, right? Yeah, that too. And then, uh, so we did ended Cliff up, make it? Did Cliff Cliff it? did make it? He did, yeah. I seen yeah. I seen him out there Saturday. What a beauty! Yeah. yeah, Cliff did make it. So we went there and we ended up we because both teams were kind of hurting and short. So we just agreed to play one nine inning game and we ended up winning. So we won. It was like 28-25 or something like that. It was high scoring, a lot of a lot of home runs, um, stuff like that. So that went good. And then after that, I had to go to hockey. So I had to play hockey and baseball probably within six hours. So then I had to go play an hour and a half hockey game. Um, let me tell you, by the, by the time Sunday night hit about nine o'clock, I, I could have fell on the floor and just slept where I, wherever I fell. And I would have woke up in the same spot, like same spot as I fell because it was, I was gassed. And then I woke up well Monday morning. And I was so sore I could barely wipe my ass. So that was it was a good time. <laughs> so just get Steffi to do it. She's used to taking care of the kids. Yeah, yeah, she would just love that. But yeah, so that's how how my uh, weekend went. So it was real busy, but it was good. And then now here we are with this monstrosity of an interview today, which we'll get to later on. But oh, I got one more one more thing um, uh, before we go on to the hockey. Uh, so. We were talking to some friends and, and uh, we're like, we're getting ready to play the first game. And I said, Oh, I can't wait till tomorrow. You know, like, uh, Missy's going to have to take care of me. She's going to have to put my socks on. I haven't played baseball in freaking yeah. two and a half years. You know what I mean? I'm like, so I know I'm going to be sore. I felt like a champ. I only played two games, <laughs> so I thought, whatever. <laughs> and then Missy ends up with a boot on. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, that poor girl, poor girl. Her first injury, like first mm. injury, injury, mm. you know, like, We'll also bring up too here before we forget is this weekend we're doing a 73s golf tournament this weekend yep. too. So yeah. So guys, if you see us out there and you see us on the course and stuff, say hi. Stop. Say hi to us. Uh we love meeting everybody. So if you see us out there, please say hi. Please. Well, one one other thing I'd like to bring up. And if you take a picture of yourselves with our hat trick hockey sign, yes, we'll throw it up on our website. Yes, send it to us. Send it to either myself or Rob, and we'll make or through sure. Facebook. Yeah, or yes. us on Facebook, whatever you whatever you do. Yeah, whatever you need, and then we'll post them all yeah. of everybody having a good time. But like I said, I'll say it again: if you see us out there, come say hi because we definitely want to see you. So we'll do that up for sure. So Rob, let's get into it. One of the things I was looking browsing the NHL website today is I seen that the. Uh, Crosby and Malkin will be out for uh, so Crosby had surgery September 8th on his left wrist. He's expected to miss six weeks and they're saying that he's not sure when he can play. 
So that was the last word on Crosby. Malkin had surgery on his right knee and they said that he'll be unavailable for training camp. So I don't know if that means that he'll be back at the start of the season and he's just going to miss training camp or is he out for a period of time? They don't really say obviously with those two, they're not going to really release a whole lot when it comes to them, but that's got to be a rough start to the season. For sure. Um, did, did, were they, were they injured last year? Like why, why wait so long before you get surgery? Like that doesn't I, I make don't. sense to me. Like why would you do it right after the season or do you want to just uh, enjoy a little bit of your summer first? Yeah. Well that, or maybe they were trying to do a little rehab before surgery to try to avoid the surgery maybe, but yeah. other than that, but yeah, that's, that's a rough start for the pens, man. You can't be missing those two top dogs for very long. Pick against um, them. Pick against them. Mm-hmm. And also Jonathan drew in. Is that, is that how I, how I said yeah. it? I think, cause yeah, I think Drew-Ann. I fucked it up before. So He's actually coming back to, to the Habs. So he left on April 28th. Uh, he actually just had to leave the game for some anxiety issues. So when it comes to that, like mental health stuff and everything, you have to take care of that, obviously. So it'll be good to see him back with the Habs. Hopefully they can get something fired up there in Montreal, eh, Rob? Yeah, fuck Montreal. <laughs> yeah rob still has hard feelings with montreal right now <laughs> for hard feelings with everybody oh my god man that's so funny um so kevin Lowe is having his number four retired by the oilers that will go down on november 5th the Hall of Famer won five Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers. So his number four will go to the Rafters in November. I would say that's well-deserved. <laughs> I would say five Cups, man. And, like, that's playing hockey when it was, like, elbows up, sticks up. Like, you know what I mean? That's when when all the old boys were playing, man. That's when it was, like, crazy. You had to be a mean hockey player, man. Yeah, definitely. Isn't, isn't Lowe the one that put the one off of Fuhrer's foot in into the net i think he did yeah i'm pretty sure it was i think he did yeah that's the only goal i remember him scoring Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so like hockey world's kind of kind of slow right now like there's not really a whole lot going on it's that point where we're just getting ready to get in the training camp like training camps actually open up uh well when by the time you hear this fucking episode training camps will be just opening (laughs) Mm -hmm. so by next week i'm sure there'll be a lot more to shoot the shit about i seen that that uh freaking robertson kid got kicked out of a game there for the leafs eh? in the in the prospects thing there that they always have there i didn't see that yeah he got thrown out of a game for a cross check it was right at the end of the freaking thing too he left the the leaf shorthanded for the whole overtime he got a five minute major so he right at the end of the game selfish so (laughs) there's also been a lot of fights in that fucking prospects thing. I keep seeing, I have this freaking hockey fights thing and it just popping up and it's all these fights from all these prospect games. Is that on TikTok or is it on? No, it's on like Facebook. Sometimes if you like oh. one of the teams, they'll actually broadcast the game on Facebook so you could watch it. Oh, cool. So it's pretty sweet. 73s have a uh, exhibition against Bell River tonight too. Yeah, they do. This being Tuesday. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too. So, Rob, should we flip it over this interview? Yeah. 
monster interview. So if you guys haven't heard of this guy as over the past few weeks, I don't know what the hell to tell you. He is the uh, former general manager of the Dan Barry Trashers, Danbury Trashers. And uh, it's the one, the only, Mr. AJ Colante. Enjoy. Roll it. Don't Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you like the game of freaking hockey and you don't live under a rock as of late, you're probably going to know who this next man is here. He is the former. He was the actual president and general manager of the trashers of the UHL. He is now one of the stars of the documentary, sorry, crime and Fucking penalties, which is the it blew my mind. This documentary, I'm so excited to talk to this man. Let's welcome to the show, AJ Calante. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm speechless, bro. I was just freaking saying you off the air. We watch this. It is incredible, start to finish. So, the first thing I have to ask you is just what made you love the game of hockey? Just what what just hooked you in? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, they, they really played on the Mighty Ducks theme in the beginning. And that kind of was technically my, my introduction to hockey was seeing that movie. And I don't know, I, I kind of I really took to it from the movie. But really what honestly what got me really hooked was uh, probably in 19 it was probably 1994. My, my father took me to. Um, my first NHL game, which was a New Jersey Devils game. And uh, that was basically my first game. You know, I started getting into hockey, so he found tickets to a Devils game. It was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll never forget it. And uh, I don't know. There was something about walking into that arena and, you know, you kind of you feel that 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 cold when you walk into a, a ice rink. And, uh, you know, we had really nice seats, which was nice. And, uh, you know, there's not really a bad seat at a hockey game, but we had nice seats and the action. It was so fast. And, and I'll never forget it. You know, um, uh, my, my idol, man, Scott Stevens, just laying somebody out that, that, that game. And uh, from that moment on, you, you, there was no going back for me. Yeah. Oh, man. Who else would well, have been in that game? Yager and all them too, probably. You know, I, I, the two things I really remember at that game, because again, I, I didn't really know anything. I, I just remember Scott Stevens. I don't know who he buried, but he laid someone out. And I remember Yager. I remember the hair, the flow, and and that. Those are the two most memorable, <laughs> memorable things. You know, I was probably seven years old. You know, maybe maybe eight. But uh, yeah, I'll never I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. Well, you you had a big hit in one of your games, uh, a regular Scott Stevens uh, there, where you got where you got injured. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I, I tried so hard to, to be like Scott Stevens. I mean, I, I just, um, I would study him. I would watch him. And I mean, I didn't miss a devil's game growing up and I, mm -hmm. I went to countless of, you know, live games, so many of them. Not, I, you know, Stanley cup in 95, they played Detroit, then the game, you know, the Stanley cup against Dallas. I mean, I, I went to all those series and, uh, man, Scott Stevens to me was, um, it was like, you know what it was? It, he was like a, a great white shark. You, you knew when he was out there, you know what I mean? And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was like, it, you know, he wasn't like the biggest fighter in the world. And, and people think that I would like the biggest fighters because that's how the trashers were. But 
Scott mm-hmm. Stevens was, you know, he could literally do it all. And, um, you know, he played his role and, and I tried to emulate that. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I had a lot of big hits in my high school career and uh, it's only fitting that the biggest hit that I ever put on someone, it ended up mm-hmm. hurting me. So it was one of those <laughs> things where I guess it was kind of like karma, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if that's the way my hockey career had to go out, I mean, that's that's the way it had to go out with a hit like that. Uh, I was, it was a bucket popper, man. It was yeah. awesome. I think I watched it probably about as many times as I watched uh, Steven's layout Korea, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah, that, that hit. And, uh, man, I, I Kozlov, saw him. too. He got him good, oh, too. Kozlov. Kozlov. I mean, Kozlov. And, and uh, I was at a game where he he caught Lindros. At, at oh, yeah. And, uh, man, that was um, – I mean, those wars with him and Eric Lindros, I mean, th- that was like pay-per-view wrestling. I mean – I, that's how I fell in love with the game. I mean, it was yeah. more than just, you know, the score. It was, you know, you had a lot of personalities, you had rivalries, um, you know, uh, it's just, it, it was the best. Yeah, man. Like Scott Stevens, that guy, like when he would hit people, it would make a whole fucking arena silent. No, I, he, like I said, would, you know, like, some guys, some guys just have a presence, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and good bad or indifferent some guys just have a presence and he was just one of those guys where the minute he he jumped over the boards you Mm -hmm. felt it just felt different i don't i it's hard to explain but when i used to go to the games you could just feel it It was like a buzz in the crowd because they were just waiting for him to you know just lay someone out and uh you know and those big hits came few and far between but man he even like the milder checks i mean you just you just felt it oof so you, so you probably felt the same way when Stevens was a scratch in a game that I felt when uh, Wendell Clark wasn't in the game because, like you said, you knew it was coming. You knew he was going to do it. It was just a matter of when. But then when he wasn't in the game, it just didn't seem the same, right? The, You know what I mean? No, you, you just mentioned Wendell Clark? Yeah. Yeah, Wendell Clark. So – the first time I got into hockey, I got for Christmas a Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em 5, I think it was. That's one. And, and, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he highlighted Wendell Clark in that one. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. A guy like that, not the biggest guy on the ice, but, I mean, just a just a dog out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, those were the players I, I just used to love Wendell Clark. And I never watched him live, but I would I – would, um, you know, it, it's weird because back then we didn't have YouTube and stuff. I'm about to YouTube Wendell Clark when we're done with this. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, you just you had to like catch it on TV. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, or hope to find it on VHS. I mean, we didn't have, you know, the instant access we have now. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Wendell Clark. I mean, that was a guy. I mean, you just knew he was out there. I'll give you a heads up on the YouTube then, because if you check out. Wendell Clark, hero of the day. It's put to Metallica, and it is fucking amazing. Oh, I'll be on that after that. Now I want to see it. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. Wendell, I'm there. Rock'em Sock'em 5. I'll never forget him in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, when you threw that huge ass hit, what did you hurt? Was, was it your knee? Yeah. So what happened was if, if, if you see the video, I hit him. I kind of go down to my knee, but they missed the part where I get technically hurt. So what happens is I hit him. I fall down. I get up. 
the, my right blade on my skate got stuck in like a little chipper or a rut in the ice and, you know, kind of mobilized my leg. And when I went to turn the skate off, my leg was just immobilized and I just tore, I tore, um, I believe it was my ACL, um, you know, there's all this cartilage damage. It was, it was bad. It was, um, and, and actually it was a combination. They told me just by reviewing the tape, the doctors, it was a combination really between the, the collision itself me falling down and then just the, the double jeopardy when, when my skate kind of got stuck and I, I just, I just tore everything up. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy too. Like that's a young age to have, like to have your knee like that. Yeah. Clear, it was, it was clear, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, it was, it was really rough. I mean, I had, I had like three surgeries on it in like five months or something like that's that. Nuts, it was, dude. Yeah, it was, it was really rough, but you know, Hey, you know, it, you know, it happens. Mm -hmm. so then we fast forward a little bit so you're kind of out of it because you're obviously you can't play your knees all banged up and stuff you've had all these like surgeries this and that so then you you said you're at school one day or no wait before that you were sitting you were having food with your father right and he said something about you getting back into the game or we'll figure out a way to get you back into the game right yeah, I mean, basically, you know, and again, I always tell people, I wish there was a cooler story to it, but it was as simple as me thinking he was playing around. I mean, my father's a pretty serious individual, but he does like to joke around a lot. And uh, it was like, it had to be March of 2004. He, he just was talking with me and he said, uh, hey, I'm going to start a minor league hockey team here. And, you know, I want you to run it for me or, you know. And again, I thought he was kind of playing. So I started playing with him back like, oh, sure, dad, you know, of course, <laughs> I'll do it. I, yeah, whatever. Let me know. Mm -hmm. And that was that was our contract negotiation. That was literally that was a, literally our arrangement, because then, you know, like the doc states, it's true. Like a week later, um, you know, he didn't forewarn me like leading <laughs> up to that day, like, hey, it's going to be in the paper. Like I was being serious and when, you know, when I went to school and saw it, you know, I went to the library and saw it in, in the, in the paper, it was like, Oh my God. Like I, I was, I was completely shocked. And, and the funny thing is, which they don't talk about in the doc is, you know, after seeing that, you know, it, it's crazy. I go home. We don't say a word about it to each other. It, it, it's funny. We, I go home that day and it's like, it's like, we're playing a game of chicken. It's like, <laughs> like who's gonna say something first and i didn't say anything to him he didn't say anything to me and i went to bed that night i mean i couldn't even sleep i was i was i was scared i was like oh man i was like i cannot believe like i was like this has got to be like this is crazy i gotta get out of this because it's like what the, i don't know what the hell i'm doing like what 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 mm -hmm. and then you know i said listen whether i took it as a joke or not i gave him my word so you know we never talked about it we literally just went to work we literally it wasn't like we sat down and be like, I didn't confront him about it and be like, Hey dad, I didn't know you were being serious or, you know, we, Hey son, did you see yeah. the newspaper? We, we didn't even acknowledge each other about it. It literally just went from a half-assed joke in the, having dinner to the next week, a newspaper article. That was our, I mean, we didn't talk about it. We just, we just started doing things. It was just <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. Now, now, did, did you, uh, AJ, did you have um, any kind of like, you know, you know, uh, hockey fantasy drafts, you know, that you, you, you played with the guys, you know, like, oh, if I was a manager, I'd, I'd, I'd pick this team or, 
you know what I mean? Like anything like that, that uh, got you started? Like, fuck, you're the hockey team. What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess my training came from PlayStation. You know what I mean? I mean, literally like NHL, whatever year, you know what I mean? Playing since like NHL 94, the greatest hockey game ever. I mean, literally from like, that's my training. I remember it was like the late nineties or early two thousands that EA sports came out that feature. You could create a team and mm -hmm. listen, I mean, literally I would just stack all the enforcers on New Jersey. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and uh, that was literally my, I guess that was my training. And, and it's kind of funny because I guess, you know, life imitates art because uh, you know, I would always turn the salary cap mode off in EA sports. So it was kind of like, you <laughs> You could just get whoever you wanted. So I guess, uh, I guess that was some of my training there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Man. <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of the same way you got rough, didn't you? Allegedly. Yes. yes. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Man, oh, that's awesome. So when you started to build this team, it was just like, so your first move was you brought in, who was your equipment manager again? Tony T-Bone. Yeah, T-Bone, yeah. that guy. Like, that, he, yeah. I was cracking up the whole documentary at him because he's just like, I've, I've said several times on this show, I love the game within the game. Yeah. And he was a master at the, allegedly a master yes. at the game within the game. Well, no, not allegedly. That was true. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just trying to get it so we don't so no, we don't no, dime him out on it. No, I'm joking with you. No, Tommy, I mean, he's been a nut job since I first met him. Literally. I mean, <laughs> and honestly, like a lot of people have been asking me, like, how exaggerated is the documentary? I'm like, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's like 97.2% accurate. I mean, every <laughs> Like, literally, my first memory of Tommy Pompasello was my sixth-grade hockey practice and him just burying kids into the board. Seriously. <laughs> like, that's not – that wasn't for TV. That wasn't for Netflix. That was – that's a true story. And, um, I mean, he's just been – he's always been that way. And, uh, you know, when, when he became part of the team and, um, you know, we, we just – I mean, I tell people it was like a middle school sleepover. I mean, we just were thinking of the stupidest things to like do as pranks or like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to get under people's skin. I mean, we were just the most annoying people in the world. And it was just like annoying is probably the best description about us because any like annoying thing we could do to people, that's what we were doing. And it was just mm -hmm. like, it, it was like, it was like Ferris Bueller's day off. It was just <laughs> insane. Oh, just legendary, some of the stuff that I so, got. So cool. some of the stuff that you did uh, come up with, you know, like I love the six towels, paper thin fucking towel. <laughs> here's, here's, here's your towel for 21 fucking guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> Shutting off so the cold funny, water. But, that was a good yeah. one. But sit, sitting around, I, I just like walk us through one of the sessions where you're like, what the fuck can we do to these guys today? Like we're that's <laughs> that's literally how the convo would start. <laughs> We'd probably be sitting. My my dad used to love getting on Fridays McDonald's, so we literally would be sitting there eating McDonald's. Okay, yeah, I'm probably eating chicken nuggets still at the time, and <laughs> literally like literally having Happy Meals, no joke. Thinking, what can we do? And just one upping each other like like it was like it was like what a what a meeting of the minds i mean just 
we would be thinking of the stupidest things and we would almost vote on it in a way like, okay, this week, you know, oh, well, you know, allegedly the fire alarm will get pulled at the hotel at three in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, things like just stupid, just stupid, oh, just stupid it. thing. Juvenile, like putting clear saran wrap over the toilet. So a guy pisses all over himself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just, just like the dumbest. I mean, I wish there was cooler stories, but it was just all like juvenile hijinks you know what i mean i mean yeah. like uh adirondack the adirondack coach you know filed a complaint against us once about something so he was a real like old school purist stickler and he would watch warm-ups and what we would do is we we had guys swap jerseys uh wear jerseys inside out so he couldn't tell what lines were going to be with who and he, <laughs> you know just stupid little things just because and people and like oh man they they just um they just they just couldn't deal with it <laughs> now he was the one that set you up with wingfield right when you were starting to build this team yeah he showed you a photo of him he was in handcuffs wasn't he yeah yeah he showed me um so we announced brent gretzky first but the yes, reality yes. was but the, but the reality he was our first announcement but the reality was brad wingfield was the first trasher ever to like you know have something in principle like we we talked to him first over anyone and you know because i said tommy i mean we need to like set this thing off you know however possible and he's like i already know and um the reason he knew was when when tommy was an equipment manager with uh the uhl franchise that was in new haven connecticut he used to have wars with brad wingfield on elmira Elmira, you know brad you know winger wouldn't take his shit you know what i mean and and I think Winger told me they they almost fought in the parking lot once, but Tommy was like, listen, this is the guy. And he showed me the picture. I, he had gotten arrested like a year prior. And uh, and I said, like, well, what did he do? And, and he said, yeah, he beat up these uh, correction correctional officers at the bar here in Elmira. And I was just like, oh, that's that's the that's a guy right there. So, <laughs> you know, nothing against nothing against correctional officers, but it takes a special type of crazy to do that. So I'm like, that's what we're looking for. And, um, you know, he was technically maybe not on paper, but he was technically the first trasher. Yeah. Man, that's that was... awesome. Cause I loved it at the end of the show when he uh got to see your your pop and then uh he started crying. He's like, I don't yeah, cry. Two, yeah, two two babies, two two <laughs> tough guys crying. <laughs> they're both, they're both, they got the clean yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was yeah, like, this oh, is awesome. Man. Yeah, I, I called Brad as soon as the doc was over the first time. I'm like, Oh, you're crying over there. And he was like, you know. I could talk like that because he can't get me through the phone. So it <laughs> yeah, telephone tough guy, eh? Yeah, hey, with him, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, even that first, you know, when he rehabbed that, that whole off season going into the second year, he rehabbed here in Danbury. He stayed in my house. Mm -hmm. His family went back to Vancouver. He stayed in Danbury and uh, oh, I would tweak him. He was like an older brother. He would be, uh, he would be in this big brace he had to be in and he could barely move in it. And uh, we were playing PlayStation and uh, I'm going to keep bringing this story up in every podcast because he's going <laughs> to have to admit to it. Eventually he had this big 21 game you know, NHL series that weekend and I scraped him and he'll never admit to it. He'll never <laughs> admit to it. And we didn't have phones back then to record it, but he'll never admit what a baby he was when I was beating him in PlayStation. He would be playing with the, he would be playing with the Vancouver Canucks. I was with the devils and 
Marty Brodeur was just shutting him down every game. And, and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep bringing it up until he finally admits it to me. Because he literally will text me anytime he hears me say it. He'll text me, and uh, I'm just gonna keep until he admits I won that series. I'm just gonna keep bringing this story up. That's funny. You also too. You started signing other guys. You got like one-eyed Willie. Yeah. He was another one. The Nigerian nightmare. Yeah, Ruben, yeah. Like, and then you there was a set of uh brothers too, right? That were really yeah. good with one another, correct? <laughs> Those yeah. fucking brothers killed me, man. <laughs> Every time they were talking, one would interrupt the other. You're like, there you go again. Yeah. You know, and, like, and again, that 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 wasn't like shtick for the camera. That's literally how they are. I mean, they um the, the little guy Mike is actually the older brother. And um, Drew, Mike's always been, you know, kind of the wild one of the two. And Drew was kind of more the, you know, balanced one, I guess. And mm. and Mike was always interrupting Drew. I mean, that, it was literally like nothing's changed since like 2005. You know what I mean? It, they're, they're funny. Oh, yeah, I was laughing. Oh, nice. So opening night rolls around. What was the buzz like in the air? Like, I know you were probably nervous as all hell, right? It's your first game. Yeah. And then, so they're getting everything ready, national anthem and everything. Your dad called down to one of the guys on the bench and said, give the phone to Wingfield. Yeah. He looks up in the stands. Your dad's holding the phone, doing like one of these. Yeah. He goes on the phone. Your dad says, the moment the puck drops, drop your gloves like what a what made him want to do that just started off with a bang you know what it was you know where we are in danbury connecticut it's not a hockey hotbed back then you know what i mean mm. so i guess you know you just asked like what the atmosphere was like i think i really think there was excitement but there was also like skepticism i guess I, no one knew what to expect like like the fans didn't know what what are we coming to, you know, anytime you start something new, at least the first game, you're going to sell out. Okay. There's just that curiosity factor. So it was almost like people didn't know what to expect, to be honest. There was, there was some excitement, but there was also like, this isn't going to work, you know, and we were already, you know, we were talking a big game without even playing a, a minute. You know, we were going to be the bad boys. We were going to do this. We were going to do that. Listen, you know, I was always taught you got to walk the talk. So it was almost like, you know, look, if we're going to be as bad as we say we're going to be, we got to like rip this bandaid off and see how this city is going to take to this team. Mm -hmm. and my dad was very smart to, to, you know, give those instructions because you just set it off like that. And it's either people are going to eat it up or they're going to be so disgusted they'll never come back, but at least we'll know how we got to go, you know, go accordingly. Mm -hmm. So it was like all this months and months of planning and marketing and talking a lot of shit and <laughs> being hockey and proclaiming, we're going to do this. And you know what? We got to walk it. And you did. the minute it happened, we, we just knew that, that uh, we had, we struck gold because the people just, they lost it. And, uh, Listen, it's it's hockey. It's a sport, but especially that level of minor league, it's still pro. It's it's close to the show, but it has to be entertaining. And back then, hockey was different. It was a little rougher. So yeah, it was. Um, people just it was like 
popping popping a cork or something. It was just like people just lost it from that point on. That was nuts, man. Also, too, the, the guy who freaking runs the league was just fucking all over you guys. Rob and I were actually just like shooting the shit on that. We're like, man, that commissioner was all over those guys. Hey, I, felt, I felt the same way the commissioner did about him. <laughs> I, I did. Well, I just, look at his wardrobe too back then. Oh, eh? the wardrobe. Oh, yeah. like shorts down to your ankles. Like I, couldn't even I don't even understand those. Shorts. I still don't know how I was walking. To be honest with you, I mean, <laughs> you, uh, but no, well, your I mean, t-shirt was past your hips, and I'm yeah, like, holy. No, listen, I gotta tell you, it, it, it's so. I think what resonated with me the most in the doc was Mr. Brussel because um, I'll still call him Mr. Brussel. You know, the funny thing was the way he described our first encounter was literally how it went. I mean, he when he saw me and I kind of had this like grin and <laughs> his face, I'll never forget. I mean, he turned like as red as my shirt. He was so pissed. <laughs> and um, we just had I got to tell you, he was the greatest guy. You know, he had a job to do. But deep down, I think he liked it. But he had to obviously do his job. And, and he would, I mean, I would get yelled at him once a week, easily once a week. <laughs> I mean, he would, um, you know, we played the bulk of our games on the weekend. So every Monday when I'd be driving back from, Dan, you know, from Danbury back to college, you know, in New York, like nine o'clock on the dot, every single Monday, every single Monday, he would call me. And whatever we did that weekend, he'd be ripping me and, you're you guys are a disgrace you guys are gonna you guys are gonna shut our league down um you know i remember the toronto star had a front page article that we were embarrassment to hockey or something and he was just like we're getting all this heat um and i'd be like i'm sorry mr brussel i like i i didn't know of some of these things i'll look into it for you and he's like you're lying <laughs> like like it was just like it was just like um it was a comedy show to be honest with you Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Well, was... that that's that's funny that you say that because you know, imagine how many phone calls he's getting from other owners saying, What uh, the fuck is this? No, like it's no. a zoo. No, and listen, that's why I could never discount his feelings because it, it shit runs downhill. So yeah, I know he was getting heat. Um, I think he also got calls from the NHL seriously. I, I'm not even kidding. Like, um, he was getting it from all angles, the media, the this, the that, especially the first year. And honestly, we were like, you know, kind of my mindset, it, it sounds bad, but in my mind, I was like, well, what is he going to do? Like kick us out of the league, like our, in the middle of the season? He's not going to do it. You know, he can't. It was just crazy. <laughs> now, did you, did you guys have to have like lawyers go through these and, and say, how can we get around this or... You just had nah. intelligent hockey guys and said, fuck, we'll do this. Then. No, we just, you know, eh, there was a rule the first year. I mean, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but, you know, you, you have an active roster and you could dress, you know, 20 guys, we'll call it. Um, then you got your healthy scratches and stuff. You know, certain games, you know, we would bring in, we would use a, a game like a, a spot on a guy we brought in, maybe from the Quebec League to come in, raise some hell. He gets suspended for 10 games. We just would cut him and bring in the next guy. So the next year, what they did was they they said, um, you know, if your guys get suspended, you can't fill that roster spot up, you know, until the suspension's over. So, you know, so then what we started doing, you know, we just, oh, we would always try to find, you know, we, we would always try to find an angle. And, and more times than not, we, we, 
we found a little light in there and we we we'd expose it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, well, the just, thing though, just doing anything to fuck the system. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. the fucking thing though too is like not only like you guys were winning games, but you guys were beating the shit out of people too. Like you would, like I don't know, man. I love hockey played like that. Like I, to me, that's the way hockey should be played. Well, listen. I mean, look. Uh, listen, and I said in the documentary after '06 when we lost the team, I didn't watch hockey up until about two, three years ago. You know, I, I yeah. stopped watching. Um, it was it was hard for me to watch hockey. You know, it wasn't like it was hockey's fault what happened, but still, um, you know, when I started watching again, you know, I'm out there trying to look for Scott Stevens. You know what I mean? And the game is so different now. Um, I'm not saying the game is better or worse. I'm just saying it's different from how I grew up and it's definitely not as physical, but, you know, it's different. But, yeah, I mean, hockey, the way I, you know, the way it was back then is whether people like it or not, intimidation plays a huge part in sport. And I, I mean. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, we, we had guys beat before they even came to Danbury. And, and, and the reason I know that is because the second year we had a, we had a couple players that played against us the first season. And they would tell me, AJ guys would be faking injuries when they knew we were coming <laughs> to Danbury. So they started, call, they, start, they, they started calling it the Danbury flu. And it was one of those things where, as soon as they knew they were coming to Danbury, oh, my uh, my ankle or my leg, you know, all of a sudden these injuries were popping up. And, uh, hey, listen, like it or not, you know, intimidation played a role back then for sure. And, uh, you know, so many people used to tell me, you know, I would hear like critics and they would say like, oh, all the skilled players on the team probably felt embarrassed to be part of the circus. It was the opposite these guys had so much ice to skate on because no one was going to even dare poke check these guys Mm -hmm. because we had guys. I mean, if you, if you even batted an eye at Brent Gretzky, you were going to, you were done. I mean, so these guys love being here because they're not even going to try to hook you. They're not even going to try to raise your stick. I mean, you had all the room in the world. Guys were putting up career numbers with us because it wasn't even fair. It was like touch football for them. It wasn't even real. You know what I mean? And uh, that's, that's the reality. But yeah, we used to, I used to hear that was the one criticism that used to piss me off was all oh, the skilled players must feel embarrassed. No, they didn't because they want, they, they were putting up serious numbers and, and they, they loved it. They felt real protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, do you think Wayne Gretzky was uh, embarrassed to play with Dave Samanko? Well, right? exactly. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, um, that's how it is. I mean, you know, back then, especially, you know, there was guys. And that's the other point. Um, The enforcers on our team, they loved it because usually, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, Every team has maybe one or two guys max that can really go. We had about six to eight guys at all times. So a lot of a lot of our enforcers they didn't have to, they didn't have to fight every game because we had other, I mean, they, they had this like little rotation going and what (laughs) happened was these guys had a platform to show, Hey, I can actually, I don't have to just be fighting. So Wingfield, there'd be games. Wingfield didn't have to do anything. He would just, Wingfield was putting up video game numbers that first year before he got hurt. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, if, if you average it out, he probably would have been north of 600 penalty minutes and probably 30 something goals. No, no lie. And, and 
the enforcers on our team, they loved it because they're like, hey, I don't have to fight every single game. I got the guy next to me. I got the guy down the bench. I can show teams that, hey, I actually have some skill too. Mm. So enforcers were always calling us. They wanted to come because they're like, not only not only is our brand of hockey like welcomed and embraced, but we can also show a different wrinkle to our game that other teams, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a guy like Brad Wingfield's not going to get ice time anywhere else to show that, Hey, I got a nice wrist shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it was, um, it was a, it was a nice recipe for success for everybody to elevate themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, it seemed like you guys really took care of him. He, you know what I mean? How much he loved you guys, you know, they like, you just don't get love and respect from a man like that who could, you know, punch a fucking house down. Yeah. I mean, you know, we treated everyone, you know, my dad, you know, take out hockey, just in general, my dad always taught me growing up, you treat everyone equally. Doesn't matter if he's the president of the United States or he could be a janitor at a school, you treat everyone equally. And I think the guys, when they would come to Danbury, it's funny, whenever we would bring someone in or talk to someone, it was always the same exact first reaction. It was kind of like shock. Like they would see my dad, they would see me. We're not wearing shirts and ties or anything. We're kind of like normal guys like us. And they're kind of like, you could see the the wheels spinning in their head. Like these guys are crazy. Like what, what is this? But then as they, as they, it, as the conversation would go on and they would see how for real we were and how committed we were and, kind of like we would let guys in on like you know we would let guys know about our marketing plans i mean what other team would discuss with players hey this is what we're going to market we let these guys feel part of every aspect of the team you know what i mean short of saying what type of hamburger should we sell next week i mean they they felt like they felt like wow this really is a family and and i mean i mean those two years we had think we hosted thanksgiving at my house i mean we had a hundred people there, players, their wives, their kids. We, we catered Thanksgiving holidays. So we had a tight knit group. We re- we really did. Mm-hmm. Did you have section one Oh two there for uh, Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, that My mom probably wouldn't have let that happen, but uh, no, no, not, not section one Oh two for Thanksgiving. Section one Oh two, the <laughs> most crazy, the ruthless fucking section in all of hockey. You know, it's such a, you know what I hate? Because I'm a huge sports fan just in general since birth. I've always hated the cliche, like, oh, like six man on the ice with us or, you know, six man on the floor. These guys were literally, and girls, these people were literally part of the team. And I'm going to tell you a story that not too many people know. And I haven't told the story too much, but Section 102, to, 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 to try to explain how they were literally part of the team. So our first year, we go to the playoffs. We play Adirondack first round. And uh, that was like the Red Sox to our Yankees. So we were they're big rivals. So we go up to Adirondack um, for the first two games. They had home ice advantage. And uh, we end up winning the first game in, I think, overtime. And then the second game, we go into triple overtime. And section 102, there was about 50 of them that made the trek up there for that game. And, you know, you know, a triple overtime hockey game, these guys in the locker room, you know, they're sped, they're tired. They were literally sweating through their undershirts. Section 102, about eight of them, you know, eight to 10 of them came down, literally gave their dry shirts off their back to our guys. And so they had, some sort of advantage that they had a dry shirt 
you know, mm-hmm. for the third overtime. Um, and these guys, you know, listen, none of these guys are going to win any beauty pageants. They were sitting up in the, they were sitting up in the stands bare ass, you know, no shirt on. <laughs> but our guys had their shirts on. I mean, that's the type of loyalty we had with these guys. And you know what? I'm not saying we won that game because of that, but you know what? They felt connected and they said, Hey, if it's an advantage for our forwards, our first two forward lines to have dry shirts, maybe Adirondack doesn't have it. So be it. And they literally shirt off their back for for these guys. That's insane, man. Like how how does that, that's a very, that's a very true story. AJ, how does that come about? Like, how do they know? Like, did, did Tommy come out and say, hey, give me your fucking shirts. Let's go all <laughs> you. So they, that game, because I was there, that game, they sat kind of close to our bench. And, um, you know, I don't know. It, you know, that's a very good question. But they, I, I just think everyone kind of knew, like, man, this is, this, this is a marathon game. And these guys are spent. I mean, we had a couple guys, like, needing IVs. You know, it was, it was, it was a, you know, playoff hockey, you guys know how it is. I mean, it was, it was intense and I don't even know if they were even asked. They literally just came down and were like throwing shirts, like, like taking their shirts off. Okay. And just tossing them to, to Tommy, Tommy would bring them in. And that was that. Man, that's crazy though, man. One of the stories I love too, is one of the guys in the documentaries, like I scored the fucking the like, winner one night and he's like no he's like you're i think it was your father he's like one in the room just 10 grand on the floor they're like let's go to the bar (laughs) love it the bar yeah the bar we many calls two three in the morning you know they would be calling the house hey so-and-so's drunk here oh so-and-so just broke a (laughs) bottle over his own head and it would be like oh my god like who got into a fight um Every week, every game. I mean, it was just, it, it was, it was, it was literally like that every weekend. Just oh, something crazy. The boys just raising hell. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> the community, the community loved them. They loved the team, but you know, trouble's always going to follow, follow, you know, anything past 11 at night, you know, something's going to happen. Oh yeah. Um, I'm always in bed at eight. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just would hear things. <laughs> So one of the other things too, that I wanted to ask you about was the Wingfield leg injury. So that was like super bad, obviously. What did the guy do? Did he like kick his skate out from underneath him or something? And just the way his leg. What happened was, and I, I just, I have a very good memory, but there's few things that I could like visually like still see if I close my eyes. What happened was I believe Wingfield and Josh Elzinger, his name was, they, they got tied up in front of the net. You know, they were, you know, Winger was crashing the net and, uh, you know, Elzinger was a pretty decent sized defenseman. He wasn't known to be a fighter or a physical guy, but um, they got tangled up. Elzinger's stick kind of came up and hit Winger in the, uh, you know, the chin or the cheek. And I, I re- remember seeing Winger like, you know, you, he was pissed. He got clipped and he, he challenged him to fight. The kid said no. And Winger, you know, no, it's not really a fighter anyway. He turned around and was skating down to, you know, our end. And I don't know why this kid tweaked out, but he he grabbed Winger by the back collar, pulled him back, and uh, kicked his leg out from underneath him. And uh, I swear to God, I swear to God, it was like a pretzel rod, just snapped. And Winger, who's still one of the toughest guys I've ever known in my life, 
I could still hear him screaming like 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 a like just that that scream I could hear it and, and I was like wow I mean this guy's in serious serious pain and uh, it, it was it was it was a scary it was a scary injury I mean it was uh you know his leg was like turned a different way it was it was it was sick it was it was it was it was nasty now after that too in that same game just all hell broke loose right just yeah. like yeah, I mean, fights everywhere. I know they can't do it, you know, but they should have just called the game off at that point. I mean, especially with us. I mean, I know you can't technically do that, I guess, but hindsight's twenty twenty. They probably just should have took us off the ice and been like, hey, we'll postpone this game or something. Because, I mean, from that point on, it wasn't even a hockey game. It was just yeah. like, it was just, uh, it was like WWF in there. You know what I mean? Guys mm-hmm. were just headhunting, looking, looking to get revenge, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's, that's just how it was. Was that the night you when that was that the same night that your dad was arguing with one of the refs or something too. And then the ref told him to go fuck himself. What is he doing? Allegedly. Your, your dad, that's, allegedly, yes, allegedly, but your dad just looking dad. at him and hearing him talk, that well, man scares the shit out of me. Like seriously. Well, I, I guess, I guess in all honesty, I didn't see the whole encounter. So what happened was, you know, after the game was, you know, you know, there's like a minute left. I saw my dad leave the box where we sat. I didn't think much of it. You know, we, we lost the game too, which was like salt in the wound. But, um, you know, as I was, you know, you, you just hear a commotion and, and I look and I see my dad down there and I just run. And, um, you know, by the time I got down there, you know, he was kind of walking back. Actually, if you watch the doc, if you really watch, you could see me enter the door. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of come at the tail end of it. So so all joking aside, I didn't I didn't hear the ref say that. And I didn't see my dad do what they claim he did. I, it could have happened. But truthfully, I, I honestly didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were saying that he got a big fine too that night, didn't he, from the league? Well, yeah, I mean, listen. You know, I didn't see it, but someone saw something because he did get arrested, my dad. And, um, you know, I I, re- I don't really know what the fine was, but I, I know, you know, he 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 got it pretty. He, he was going through it. He he got it. He got it pretty bad. Hey, st- just fucking standing up for the boys, man. That's what he was doing. Uh, I mean, listen, that's just what we had. That was the culture. Like we, um, you know, owners, GMs, we're not supposed to be in the mix, but we just felt so we felt like we were the extension of them, you know, and vice versa. I mean, we were just gonna, you know, we you know, if you're with us, you're with us. Well, you know, good, bad, and different. Did your dad look up his address? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're talking to Wakefield there, he's like, he's giving me his address, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's no, giving me his address. About that one. Allegedly, allegedly, I have no idea. <laughs> so then, so Winger's out. So he's out for a while now. Your dad just wants to just shove it to everybody. He says, "Go get me a fucking goal scorer." So yeah. how did you guys end up hooking up with Mike Rupp? Well, that that's the crazy story. So, you know, Mike Rupp, again, you know, I'm a huge Devil fan. And, and like, literally, like, a year and a half prior, I'm, I'm sitting at the Meadowlands in Jersey when the Devils win the Cup Game 7 against Anaheim. And, um, you know, he ends up – it wasn't an overtime goal, but he had the deciding, you know, 
cup clinching goal. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so infatuated with Mike Rupp because I remember that playoff series. He was down in the AHL and they brought him up for the finals or the playoff run, one or the other. They brought him up. He wasn't like playing. He wasn't a regular during the year. And he was just putting up numbers in the playoffs. And I'm just like, you know, good for this guy. You know, he has an opportunity. He's making it happen. I just like this guy, Mike Rupp. And then, you know, game seven, I got to see the Stanley Cup live, which was super cool. A great memory. And that was the end of it. So, you know, going into 04 to having the lockout and, uh, you know, we started saying like, you know, why can't we go after NHL players? You know what I mean? So we started like thinking about it and I'll be very honest with you. I didn't think of Mike Rupp off the top of my head. It was presented. I don't remember who brought it up, but I said immediately to my dad, I'm like, yes, we got to get Mike Rupp. That was the guy we were just at the game. Like not even that long ago. And, um, one thing led to another and he's, he's a trasher. It was, it was such a cool, like surreal moment for me. It's, it's, uh, you know, that's one of those video game type moments where you got like a favorite player and you mm-hmm. trade them over to your team. And it, it was just, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he was like, you know, we up. had uh, Scotty Gomez on our show. Yeah, we did. Oh, I was a big fan of him too. I, I remember his rookie year. I mean, he was, uh, he he was a he was a good player. I like Scotty Gomez a lot. I yeah. was a big fan until he went to New York. Then I was pissed. But you know, <laughs> we got over it. Yeah, Scotty's a he's legend, a great man. Guy too. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a he seems like a real cool guy. Just like us, like just like a regular dude. You wouldn't even if you didn't know who he was, you, you wouldn't yeah. even know. You know, he was a professional athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I like I love that, and that's what I like about. I, the majority of hockey guys are like that. You know what I mean? And yep. that's what that's what I love. I mean, um. You know, I'm in an industry now in boxing where you got a guy with one professional fight and he thinks he's Floyd Mayweather all of a sudden. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I miss, you know, talking with hockey guys again out of nowhere the past few weeks. I mean, I miss the hockey community. It's everyone's just super down to earth. And, uh, you know, that's why I've always, been, you know, I've always loved the sport and, and you know, the athletes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Hey, how long was a uh, was a uh, winger out for there for that leg? So basically that happened mid, I want to say that was midway through the first season. So he missed the rest of that season and he missed like the first chunk of the second season. So he was out for a while. And um, I mean, it was, it was watching him rehab with what it, it hurt me. You know what I mean? Cause I had had a you know knee injury the year before. So, I mean, I know how much I was going through with my knee and, and what he was going through was like 10 times worse. So mm-hmm. it was like watching him rehab was like, it was now looking back, you know, as a 35 year old now, it's one of the most amazing things I ever saw because if that's not a guy that, and look, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to condone violence. I mean, he was coming back for one reason only, and that was revenge. I'm not necessarily condoning violence, but when a guy has that, when he's on a mission like that, I mean, the mental that he went through just to, just to make it back, you know, whatever his reasonings were, I'm not saying right, wrong, and different. It was, it was unbelievable to watch, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was not going to be, you were not going to tell him he wasn't going to play again. It just was, it wasn't going to happen. So let's actually hit on that real quick. So, he comes back. Was his first game against that guy? 
No, I mean, obviously, okay, I was going to say, crazy. damn timing. No, no, no. It, 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 you know, that that was one thing for Netflix. I mean, it makes it look like that was his yeah. return game. He played um, he played a few games beforehand. I mean, but it wasn't like it was his first game back, but it wasn't, you know, he it was, you know, he was kind of fresh. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he probably played a handful of games. And then I remember that was like December 2nd or 3rd when that happened in 05. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was um, it was something else that night. I was going to say, so that so that night rolls around. What's the vibe like in the room? Like, I'm sure everybody fucking knows something is coming, right? Like it, it was, um, I mean, I guess, and, and, and I got to be sensitive to this analogy because I've never been in war, but I guess, you know, you see pictures of soldiers sitting like in combat gear in, in like a jet or a plane going to mm-hmm. wherever they're going for war. That's what it was like. It was quiet. Like we had a very loose locker room. I mean, everyone got along. I mean, shit, we would be playing PlayStation before the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, we just had a very fun group of guys. Um, you walked in there, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it was, it was like, it was literally like that analogy. I mean, guys just knew, I mean, mm-hmm. they were preparing for war. I mean, Wingfield was fully suited up, mouthpiece, everything, like an hour and a half before the game, just rocking in his, in his oh bag, you know? in his locker. I mean, I didn't, usually I would go and fist bump everyone before I didn't even go near him. You know, no one went near him. It's like a baseball. Like, you know, if a pitch is throwing a perfect game, you don't even say it. You don't even go near him. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one was talking to him. You know, there was no instructions before the game. Like, you know, usually my dad and I would be there with, you know, coach, you know, talking to the guys, you know, no one said anything. No, just people dressed up. They went out for warmups. They came back just sat there no music just went out and that was it it was it was was, that's literally what it was like no exaggeration Mm -hmm. yeah that was not so man so the shit hits the fan skates up cross check start fighting if you're watching it from home you just boom no more game it just they just shut the game off right yeah so Basically, the rule, the rule, the league mandate was there had to be one camera per stadium per game that, you know, had footage that every game, you know, the rule was as soon as the game was over, you had, you know, you took the DVD out and you sent it to the league, um, you know, for for just for record, I guess, but also for incidences, you know, they could review it. Mm-hmm. I guess the timing was weird because anonymously the, the fee just goes out and uh, you know, you know, the, the, the league can't really rule on stuff. They can't see. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the referees are going to report what they want to report, but you can't really prove it. So it was a weird timing thing, but <laughs> it was strange. <laughs> Sometimes you, you just got to seek revenge when you, you know, when you can. Yeah, <laughs> when the lights are out. You know, the stars, I mean, the stars seem to be aligned for us a lot those two years. <laughs> you know, I, I love how you say it. I don't condone violence. You build the toughest team in the UHL, and now you're a promotioner, a promoter for boxing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, when, when, when we lost the team, it was, it was tough for me, and I wanted nothing to do with hockey at that point, and uh, 
this boxing thing, it was a weird, weird, random opportunity, just like the Trashers, and I kind of jumped on it. I thought to myself, well, the Trashers were kind of like boxing on ice anyway. We're just cutting out the hockey part, and, you know, we could we could kind of try to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I uh, I turned over a new leaf for you because, I, uh, in all honesty, I felt like uh, your commissioner. I was like, fuck this kid. Who the fuck <laughs> getting everything given to him? And then when you when all the shit went down and your dad went away and, and you know, you had to figure your shit out by yourself now. And, and then, uh, you know, your pop's gone and, and then you go and you do the truck driving thing for 10 years. And then the next thing you know, you're you're, you're promoting boxing and you come up with your own gym and you, you, you did it. You know what I mean? Like nothing was given to you. You worked hard at that. And uh, I was I was really impressed. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Changed my mind at the end of the show. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, you know, it's, again, I get a lot of credit for things and I appreciate it, but you know, everything, you know, even when I would visit my dad, I would, I would talk to him about ideas and I'd always lean on him for input. And, you know, even to this day, I always, any major decision, I always kind of, you know, bounce it off his head and see what he thinks about it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, Maybe subconsciously, I, I did a lot with the gym and still do maybe to prove something to myself. I don't know. I mean, uh, I just, I had the need for competition and um, it was just something that, that um, satisfied that appetite, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I kind of went into the boxing industry kind of the same way with the trashers. I thought I was going to be able to come in and wreck hell like we did with the trashers, but it's a totally different um a totally different landscape compared to hockey. I mean, it's, it's a total different ball game. So I had to definitely adjust and pivot the way we did things. And uh, I've been in hockey now, Jesus, um, 10 and a half years now. So it's been, it's been a ride. Mm -hmm. You got to tell us the story about fucking Drake and your Jersey. You got to tell us that (laughs) story. I mean, again, it's like, um, so what the documentary drops, Tuesday, August 31st. And, and the next day I'm, I'm sitting there. Um, look, one thing leads to another. Next thing I know it, I mean, I'm talking to Drake and, and it's just <laughs> like, it's the weirdest. It's, it's like a surreal, you know, when you're like, you know, when you're like in a moment, but you feel like you're floating, like you're not even there. I mean, I, I was just like, what is going on? I'm talking to this guy and uh, super humble guy. I mean, really, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm older now. I'm not, I'm not super into music, but I obviously I know who he is and mm-hmm. I listen to, to him. Um, I mean, I'm not like a super fan, but I'm a fan. And uh, you know, he's just such a, like, like we just talked about with Scotty Gomez. I mean, it was like talking to you guys. It was like talking to, and he was just super complimentary. He said how he watched it. I guess it was trending up in Canada. So he watched it and he said he really enjoyed it. And uh was asking me questions I mean, it was super cool it was such a super cool thing and he was saying hey i'm dropping an album on friday um i want to i want a jersey and i'm like damn you know <laughs> we don't have a team and i don't just have jerseys i mean people think i'm sitting on like a people think like to this day like people at the gym now are like i know you have a lot of i'm like i don't have jerseys i don't have them sitting around so you know, he's asking 15 for, years ago, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, we don't play anymore guys, you know, like we don't have a team. So I'm thinking about it. And, and the funny thing is he specifically asked for a Jersey with my name on it, 
which again, it's, I wasn't a player, you know what I mean? So it's just like, Oh my God. So I didn't tell him no right away. I, I kind of played it off. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me see what I can do. Um, and I'm just like, shit, what am I going to do? And then again, sometimes things are in front of you every day that you forget it's there. I realized I got the, I got my trasher Jersey, the prototype, you know, in my office at the gym in a frame. So I ran to the gym and, uh, I broke the frame and I, I took it out of the damn frame man. and I called a guy I know. And I'm like, listen, I was like, I need you to drive up to Buffalo, Buffalo, New York tonight. And he was like, what? Why? It's like a six and a half hour trip. And I told him why. And I said, just keep your mouth shut. I don't want anyone to know. And, uh, this guy, Drake, he, um, he had a, he, yeah, I got in touch with an assistant of his and he sent someone from somewhere in Ontario over to Buffalo. And the guy gave him the jersey. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't know what he was going to do with it. I thought he just, I don't know, wanted to see it, wanted to. And I'm like, look, you know, take a picture and send it to me. It would be cool to have. And uh, next thing I know, it like that Saturday morning at like two in the morning, my phone just starts. I mean, literally, like I, I could have sworn it was like smoking. You know what I mean? It was it was going <laughs> off. And this guy's posting pictures on Instagram with it. And I was just like, this is crazy. Um, and it just took it to a whole nother level. I mean, but I mean, it, it was just a super cool thing to do. I mean, he didn't have to do that. And, uh, you know, I told him I'd get him his own set, but he has to give me that one back. So I'm hoping when he gets back from wherever he is, I, I got to get that Jersey back. Mm -hmm. Please tell me that that's not the only one that you guys are going to have another one come out. Is or is no, that no, the only yeah, one? So, 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 you know, again, I had no intentions on selling number 17 Galanti jersey. I had no intentions on selling. I wasn't a player. But when he posted that picture, everyone started asking me, you know, you got to sell the number 17 Galanti jerseys. And number 17 has significance because one, that was actually my hockey number when I played. But two, that was also the age I was when I started with the team. So mm -hmm. people, I mean, we've been pre-selling this since yesterday and uh, it's going to go through the week. I mean, we got hundreds sold already. It's insane. And um, we are going to do, you know, we're going to do, um, you know, I was talking to guys like Wingfield, Mike Rupp, you know, we're, we're going to do like hopefully some player jerseys, but also custom jerseys, blanks. Um, you know, we, we, people want it. And I mean, we, we had a couple, um, you know, uh, exclusive jerseys we used to do. We had like promo games and yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, we just, um, we're just going to roll them out, see how it does. Mm. Oh, I'm sure they'll do good. Now, what about what about the show? Is there going to be another one of those, or is that just one, like one and done? I mean, as of right now, it was a one and done thing. I mean, I heard that the number – I mean, I don't know the exact – you know, Netflix doesn't do, like, ratings like you see on TV, but they have, like, their own analytics. I was told that it's doing amazing, especially yeah. internationally. So who knows what comes of it? Um, I'll be honest, I have been toying with doing – a short series podcast type of thing um, with, with some, you know, players that were involved with the doc or stories that never made it or got mm -hmm. cut, you know? So we're, we're, we're toying with some ideas to keep the momentum. I mean, we go with the demand and right now people just seem to want more stories, more this, more that. So, you know, we'll do our best to, you know, get people what, what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I want a Jersey. How much, how much no, you selling them for? No, a hundred percent, man. I mean, we're working, um, 
again, the vendors weren't ready for it either. I mean, the vendors weren't yeah. ready for the demand. I mean, people are pre. I've been telling people on the pre-sale, it's going to take like a month, guys, to get it. And I don't know. They just don't seem to care right now. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm seeing on eBay people selling bootleg shirts, like shirts for like a grand. I'm like, who would buy that for a thousand dollars? So yeah. it's, it's like, I, I don't know, but we're just, um, we're just riding the wave, man. I mean, it's a super humbling experience. I mean, people seem to enjoy it and, um, we're just going to ride the wave and, and, uh, you know, be able to connect with people. And it's, it's, it's been fun. Mm -hmm. It's super well, AJ, popular. I just gotta say, I am so glad you didn't turn out to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife might disagree with you someday, but you know, I think I, I think I did all right for myself. Yeah. I'm Perfect. definitely going to, awesome. I am definitely going to order us some merch though. Merch for all the boys here at the show. But well, listen, uh, send me send me an address. I mean, we're restocking shirts and we're going to bring some hoodies into it and stuff. Uh, you know, send me an address and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out. But no, I mean, we're restocking. I mean, literally before the Drake thing, um, when this Netflix thing came out, you know, I had a couple T-shirts up on the website. I mean, it's it's all gone right now. I mean, it's I literally I mean, it's gone. So we're restocking. Um, Let's do a little shirt swap. I'll send oh, you absolutely. one. And then you send us some. No, a hundred percent, man. You, uh, you let me know. I mean, people have been asking, I mean, it's weird because we're not a real team anymore. It's not a team anymore. It's like people want pucks. They want collectibles. It's like, we have like, what, I mean, what are we going to need? Like a pro shop? I mean, we're not a real team, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been three weeks now. I've been waiting for this thing to die down and it's been like a steady, steady, um, dose of everything. It's crazy. <laughs> I know you've been doing I, interview I, after I, interview. I, I, I honestly think, uh, AJ, it's, it's going to get bigger because, you know, you have, uh, like, say, Riverdale on Netflix. You have uh, Stranger Things. Kids are buying yeah. their shirts. They're not teams. They're just movies. You know what I mean? Look at how many how many Jaws shirts did you see growing up, you know? Yeah, that's true. Your team was actually a team, you know? Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's true. So, you know, we're just pushing it. We're having fun. I mean, I'm hoping... You know, like I said, it's not just even about personal gain. It's just, it's cool to be able to see the logo in different countries. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people buy this jersey pre-sale. Like someone told me someone from Germany just bought one, someone from like France. It's just crazy to see the reach that that this logo is going to get to, which is cool for me. And, um, you know, hopefully if we keep doing well, I mean, I'd like to hook in with some hockey charities, maybe give proceeds, you know, figure out you know, spread it around. It's, it's not really about us. So it, the whole thing has just been an incredible ride so far, man, Canada, you, that thing is like, you're blowing up here in Canada, <laughs> like blowing no, up. Thing, dude. You know, the funny thing is I've never been to Canada, not once. Really? I've never been up there. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to definitely, um, you know, hopefully this COVID thing settles down. I got to get up there eventually. And, uh, you know, Come I've see never, us. I've never been. Where Where are you guys? We're like Windsor, like area, okay. southwestern, but we're just on the other side of Detroit. Yeah, right, right across okay. the pond. Yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta, um, I gotta make my way up there because we're getting, like you said, so much love from people. People inviting me out to, you know, beer league games out there and stuff, and uh, I'm like, listen, as as soon as you know, you know, as soon as things open up a little more, I mean, I'd love to go up there and meet with people and just, you know, have a, have a good time. Damn right. And remember, we got the same weather you have. Yep. Okay. Perfect. 
So, so actually, when you're, yeah. when you're called, we're called. Yeah. <laughs> that works out. Yeah. I got a really yeah. good buddy. I got a really good buddy who lives in Montreal and he, um, he actually is our cut man. He's a professional boxing cut man and he's, he's my age. And, uh, he's been trying to get me to go to Montreal and, uh, and I always joke with him because I, I know, you know, with the trashers, there was like that little subtle rivalry. You had the French Canadians and then you had the other Canadians. So I always mess with them. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how my, I don't know how my like uh, non-French Canadian buddies are going to feel about me hanging out with you up in Montreal and he gets all bent out of shape. So it, it's fun. You save, know? Save, fun. save your ones, AJ, save your ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard something about that. <laughs> that's hilarious hey so what i'll do since we're starting to get into the months where it's going to be freaking cooler or whatever when i send you something i'll send you a like hoodie or something yeah absolutely man we'll, we'll definitely swap some things out there for sure rob do you have anything else for him no i i'm i'm pretty good other than uh i can't wait to meet you one day yeah 100 percent. and yeah if you guys ever I mean, Danbury's literally like an hour north of New York City. So if you're ever out this way, just let us know. Yeah, we awesome. we will for sure. AJ, thank you so much, man. This has been fucking incredible. Incredible. Oh, thank you. Well, so I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity. Man, honestly, we're going to – I'm, like, following you on everything now. So we're going to definitely stay – we'll fucking stay right – right in touch and i'm gonna follow you on all the boxing stuff and all that yeah, stuff definitely. Too, so. let, me, let me let me know and uh no i appreciate it guys hit me up anytime all right brother thank you so much take care all right fellas hey, thanks hey, again all the all the success in the world with your boxing uh and and carrying oh, on thank you i really appreciate okay. it thank you guys sure. yeah all right buddy thanks so much all right. AJ. all right fellas thank you, you. bye-bye And there he was, folks, AJ Galante. What a fucking dude. That documentary, when I the whole time I was watching that, I'm serious. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I will say it right now. It's the best hockey one that I've seen. It has everything. It has everything. They win. Like, you go to their rink. When they were not only could they, were they tough? Like, they were good, too. Yeah. Like, so you, you go to their rink. And they're beating you, and then they're beating the shit out of you before you leave too. So like, that fucking probably I would I would say during those few years of that team that that was probably the toughest arena to play in for anybody playing pro hockey. And one of our guests, excuse me, and one of our guests was on there. Yeah, one of our guests was on the was on the team, and John Nasty Morasty. So that was pretty nuts, man. So big shout out to those to those cats. Uh, AJ, thank you so much, buddy. You're an absolute beauty. So, speaking, it's an episode. AJ's a big, uh, he's a big New Jersey Devils fan. So, Travis Zajac has actually just signed a one, one, not one year, one, one freaking day so he could retire with the New Jersey. So, he played 15 years. He played 1,037 games, 203 goals, 349 assists, 552 points. He's an NCAA champion at North Dakota, and he's a world champion silver medalist as well. So got over the 1,000 games, man. So congrats awesome. to him. I'm sure he's made, made a few bucks over the years while he's played, eh? <laughs> For sure. 
I think he played this whole career, but the last like 20 or 30 games, maybe of last season, he played with the Islanders. So big shout out to him. Congrats. Now the bread man in uh, New York there, it was in the talks to, uh, to wear, to wear the C. Okay. He was in the talks to wear the C, but he said he doesn't want it. And well, let's be a little bit more informative on who the bread man is. Rob, who's the bread man? I don't fucking know. Auntie Panarin. Aunt, Auntie Panarin. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's why Rob wanted right. me to say it because he didn't know himself. So, right. that's why everybody else probably I didn't got know he's called off. the bread man. I know yes, who Auntie yes, Panarin they, is. Yeah, they, I believe they do call him the bread man. So, anyway, so he was saying that there's guys on the team who he thinks should have it over him for one. Two, he was saying, he's like, I don't even speak English. He's like, how can I motivate these guys? Fair enough. And he said, I will just motivate guys through his own game is what he's talking about. So if guys see him working hard and stuff like that, it's going to make that it's going to like motivate them to work harder. Right. And he's like, and the last thing he said is they will like listen, even if he's not wearing a letter. (laughs) So he's like, so he would just rather not wear it. But see, that's kind of odd, right? Because Matt Sundin did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a big speaker in the room. No. They had other guys to do that, mm-hmm. but he would lead by example, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a odd, odd thing not to take the captaincy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just didn't want it. Um, also, great, great news coming up too is the NHL. The actual regular season is only three weeks away. Holy shit! Eh? So pretty soon we're going to be seeing. Uh, like the exhibition games. So we'll we'll actually, we'll probably, we'll start seeing those probably by the weekend. I think the 25th was was when they start. So we're going to be probably getting those by the weekend. Hockey's back, man. As soon, even if it's only exhibition, when they start playing games to me and when we can start watching it, hockey's back. So fucking right. These are going to be shit. (laughs) <laughs> and you had a thing on Hyman real quick before we end it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I watched a little, uh, they did an interview with him about uh, going to play. Well, seeing that he played with two of the best in the league, you know, in, in Marner and uh, Matthews. And now he's going with Dreisaitl and, and uh, Connor McDavid. Like, how awesome is that? Like, you're not going to a... a shit team you're, no. you're going to two two more of the best you know mm-hmm. in the league so you know they're talking about him being a i think they said left winger he was playing left wing on mm-hmm. on uh, connor's line but my concern with the leafs is who the fuck is going to get the puck in the corner now for matthews and marner gonna have to fit wayne simmons I don't know. <laughs> Can he keep up with those guys? Like, you Just know what I mean? That, man, he's a big boy. Let those other two do the work. I know. Cause, when they, ruckus. I don't know. I, I, I'm just very disappointed in, in at least letting <laughs> time and go. Still, yeah. Really shitting on them all year. Yeah, that wasn't, uh, I don't think that was really the smartest move on them. For like, I don't think so either. But you, you got all these fucking selfish guys on the Maple Leafs taking up these big contracts and you got no money for anybody else. So mm. what are you going to do? Right. Mm. They're going to, they want to get paid too. And I think they got Hyman for a steal. Mm-hmm. I, Oh yeah, for sure. 
I seen too just before we came on the on the air that the Red Wings offered uh, Bobby Ryan a pro tryout. Nice. So, I, I thought I, he played well last year. I thought he was great. They he did exactly what, like what they needed him to do. Right. I wonder. I wonder if it's just the demons, right? Well, that he's yeah, he's over him. that. I, but I think he got hurt too. He missed some games. Yeah. Missed some games last year. Something, some, something got him. He got hurt somewhere along the line. I know that. But overall, I was happy with him. Yeah. You know me. If I can, if I'm home, I'll watch a lot of Red Wing games if I'm home. So yeah. he's a good hockey player. I liked him. He scored, man. We'll look up some of his fucking highlight reel goals. Like yeah. from back in the day when he played with like Ottawa and stuff like that. Like, whoo. He was a hell of a hockey player. Scored some nasty goals. So on that note, do you have anything else? Are you good, my friend? That's it. I'm good. All right, everybody. Until next week, Aunt Rob signing off. We're out of here. See ya. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind it.